Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord, from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation today is, was just read as part of our gospel lesson from the book of Matthew, chapter 10. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed, have you ever been so afraid that it kept you from doing something that you really wanted to do or knew you should do? When I was in high school, I had somewhat a fear of heights. And every time spring and fall would come around when the storm windows and the screens and the awnings had to be changed or the windows needed to be washed at home, I got a little anxious. Because in our parsonage, it was a, a two-story brick home. And here I had to take this great big ladder. As we got up to the second floor, I was petrified because I was holding with both hands a, the storm window, trying to get him in that little hooks. And then also that awning over that. And then I had to turn the, the uh, screws there so it would stay. And then I had to duck down and let that awning back. And you know, I didn't know, and this is what I was, all, I was doing while balancing on the ladder, not knowing if I'm gonna lose my balance or fall. I remember quite some time ago, a number of years ago, a football coach named John Madden, former coach of the Oakland Raiders, and former TV commentator played upon his fear of flying. His fear was so great to going from game to game each Sunday that he took a train or a bus where he had to go, so just so he didn't have to fly. Now, I'm sure that you can name other fears that has been so great that it kind of altered the way that you lived. And of course, one that comes to mind even right now is what we're going through with the coronavirus. The restaurants which were once closed are now open as other businesses. And now perhaps some are afraid to venture out for fear that they might pick up that virus. People are just staying home. Others are still afraid to go out, whether it be shopping or getting the groceries or going out to eat or even attending church or doing any other activities. Has fear ever kept you from expressing in word and deed the message of Jesus Christ? In our gospel lesson this morning, St. Matthew records a sermon that Christ, of course, preached to his disciples that shows that Jesus keeps fear from interfering. Our gospel lesson for this morning is a continual, is continuation of last Sunday's gospel lesson. In last week's gospel lesson, Jesus gave the disciples authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal the sick, as well as to proclaim the gospel. And Jesus is ready to send his disciples out on a little training mission, so to speak, but he warns them before they go out what to expect as they went proclaiming the gospel 
the good news of salvation. In our text for today, Jesus lists three kinds of fears which we all know too well, which the disciples would face as they proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verses 26 and 27 of our text, he lists the fear of failure. And in verse, and in verse 28, he lists the fear of death. And lastly, in verses 29 to 31, the fear of want. And Jesus tells his disciples, don't be afraid of them. All that will be covered will be uncovered, and all that will be hidden will be known. For I say to you in the dark, tell in the daylight. And what you hear whispered in your ear, preach from the, mount, or from the housetops. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he taught his disciples both publicly and privately. And some of these teachings that Jesus made known to his disciples were kept secret until after his suffering, death, and resurrection. If the, if the disciples would have proclaimed these teachings, they would not be fully understood by the people. Not only was the message that Jesus proclaimed to the disciples kept secret, but also the evil plans of Satan concerning the gospel message was kept secret. And even the plans of God's enemy were not fully revealed for all to see. And the disciples were concerned about that. But Jesus tells them that the evil plans of Satan among men would be fully exposed. And likewise, the teaching which Jesus taught them would be taught in the, and brought to light as well. These disciples were not to fear that they would fail in their task of proclaiming that gospel message. And God would see to it that the word would work into, their, into the people's hearts and their lives. How often don't we get discouraged when we want to share God's word? It seems, you know, sometimes it falls upon deaf ears. We work and work on individuals, and it seems that it does little good. It seems that the harder that we work in spreading the gospel, the less fruits we see. And therefore, we come to this conclusion often, what is the use? I will not try anymore. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we don't take the time, that many don't take the time to share the gospel message with others. This is probably one of the biggest reasons that we have a hard time encouraging people to go out and share their faith with others because of failure. And Jesus overcomes our fear of failure with the promise that his message will not fail. His message will be victorious as he was in overcoming sin, death, and Satan for us. God tells us that in his words that his word will not, will not return to him void. God's word is kind of like that water cycle. The rains come to the earth, and then the sun comes out, and the evaporation cycle kicks in. But in the meantime, the plants use that moisture to grow and to produce fruit. 
And so it is with God's word. We cannot see the power of God working in the hearts and the lives of people. It works silently, but nevertheless, it works. And the task that God has given to us is just this, sow the seed and leave the rest to him. And we don't know how that word of God will affect them, but we know it does. I have had people come to me and have said how much my visit, my words meant to them. And I couldn't even recall what I really said to them, but the Holy Spirit used my words to move them into the way in which God wanted them to go. And therefore, knowing that God is working through us, we are liberated to proclaim his glorious message upon the housetops. In the disciples' day, the housetops were flat. They were used to sit on much like a patio today. And they were used these flat roofs as pulpits, literally proclaiming the message of salvation for everyone they met. And likewise, we know that it is God who will not let that word come back void. And so we will boldly proclaim that message of Jesus Christ to whomever we meet. That's the task we have here at this congregation. The second fear that Jesus addresses in our gospel lesson today is the fear of death. Jesus says to his disciples and to us this morning, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, that fear of bodily death was well-founded for among the disciples of Jesus. We know all too well that the, all the disciples except John faced a violent death. While it may not appear to be imminent for the disciples of Christ in North America today, we do well to ponder the possibility of what would our reaction be. What would we do if we face that possibility of death for the sake of the gospel? Would we be like Peter? One night when Jesus was taken captive and was on trial to take that easy way out and deny that he ever knew Jesus. And there were other fears far less than death that make us uneasy to proclaim that word of God, to give witness of our faith. How about to fail to give it what we really, because we're afraid of what people might think of us in the community, or perhaps our, even our closest friend might how easy we have found that it is easier to agree with those people than just and or just remain quiet when an issue is raised. Jesus overcomes fear of bodily death with his promise of eternal life. Eternal life with him and the hope of eternal of that eternal resurrection for our bodies. He tells us well, that we do not have to fear anyone who destroys our life at will. They may do what they do, but they cannot destroy what is important, and that is our soul. And even if we do suffer death for the sake of the gospel, we will spend an eternity with our Lord in heaven. The disciples received that promise, and they looked forward to the time when they would be with their Lord in heaven. 
No enemy, no matter how powerful, could take that away from them and us. And knowing that, and knowing this, that we are liberated to proclaim Jesus Christ of the Lord of death, we go out and share that word. Thirdly, Jesus talks about the fear of want. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one will fall to the ground without your father's permission. As for you, even the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than sparrows. Although you and I may not be threatened by death, like the disciples of Jesus, we are tempted to fear that proclaiming that message may cost us some necessities of life. In several instances, I have read how a number of individuals have lost their jobs because they failed to carry out the wishes of the boss because it was contrary to God's will. And even though that the laws of our land deal with harassment, many individuals were not protected by this law. And often one wonders, I have my family to think about. If I don't go along with what they want, my family will suffer. But Jesus overcomes this fear with this beautiful promise of God's intimate, extensive providence. He says, look at the sparrows, how cheap they were to buy. He could say in today's term, there are a dime a dozen. If one would die, who would miss him? And yet God knows about these little creatures, and not one of them will be ever killed without God actually allowing it to happen. And if, you, if God watches over this little sparrow, think what he will do for us. St. Matthew tells us that the very hairs of your head are all counted. Not one of them will be come out unless he knows about it. Now, I, I have read that the average person has over 140,000 hairs on their head. Well, as I look at, over at some of you and me, I, says, I think it's a little less than that. But if that were true, think about the numbers that God has to remember. The hairs of our head is one of the insignificant things about us. If God even knows that and doesn't allow them to come out unless he wants them to, think of how he deals with the important things of our lives, just as providing for our life's necessities. And therefore, we are liberated in acknowledging him before men as the good and gracious Lord who provided for our infinite and our ultimate good when he suffered and died for us. And because Christ overcomes all of these threats to his, his mission for us, we can be confident that he also provides for us the strength and the comfort to keep fear from interfering with our discipleship. The ultimate reward of such discipleship is that he will acknowledge us before his Father in heaven. May all of us see that urgency of sharing that message of the good news that we have and not let fear get in the way of fulfilling the Great Commission. Amen.